Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Hello, and welcome to Killer Queens, a true crime podcast. I'm your host, Torella. And I'm your better, prettier, younger host, Tori. We're sisters who are obsessed with true crime and love gal palin with you about cases. You can expect the occasional curse word, lots of friends quotes, and all the 90s nostalgia. To get in on the conversation, check us out at KillerQueensPodcast.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Facebook at KillerQueensPodcast. And we're on YouTube at KillerQueens, a true crime podcast. Okay, y'all, grab your Capri Suns or your Surge and let's talk about some true crime. Welcome back to Killer Queens. Hello. I'm just going to say it. I think it needs to be said. Well, two things need to be said. I have squeaky shoes. I swear I'm not tooting on this show. Okay. Who got squeaky shoes? You got squeaky <laughs> shoes. <laughs> the second thing I'm going to say is Jesus take the wheel. I don't know what's happening with this recording. Our microphones seem to be like wonky as hell. I don't know what's going on. Like we haven't changed anything. I don't know, guys. I don't know. It's just a fucking roller coaster of emotion over here. I know. We're giving it our all. And for some reason, that's not enough. Yeah, it's really not enough. And I even unplugged it and plugged it back in. So, like, I don't know what else to do anymore. She's exhausted all options. Exactly. Turn some up, turn some down. I don't know what's happening anymore. So, we're just going to go with it. I am technologically incompetent. So, I would just be smashing my closed fist on the keyboard, just hitting buttons. in the computer. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, we definitely try to have a remotely adequate sound. I just, I don't know what's going to happen today. Yeah. Well, just know this and hopefully just keep it in mind and give us a little grace. Yeah. Please do. All right. So do. We're doing Madeline McCann. This was a highly requested case. And honestly, this is one of those cases that I didn't think anybody would give a shit to hear what we had to say about it. But here we are. Here we are. You guys never cease to amaze me. Oh, my God. Thank you to Laura Ellison. Hey, girl. Hey. Crystal Beckman, Shelby Newhouse, Tina McCloy, Randy Boydston Sanders, and Jessica Kate Griffiths for the request. And as always, thank you, Madison, for researching. As ever. Isn't that what British people say? I have no idea. We need to ask Laura about this. Oh, <laughs> Laura, if I fucked it up, I'm so sorry. <laughs> and also, I don't appreciate all of the terrible Tory posts you make. I know Tories mean something different there, but I'm still offended. What do they mean there? It's like a political only, party. 
Oh, I only see her um, adorable or funny posts. Like her. No, they are very son, funny, like, and yeah. they there are a lot that I, you know, really give a shit about. But the Tory one, yeah, I feel attacked, and yeah. I feel as you should attacked and attacked. Okay, got it. Yeah, attacked and attacked. Yeah. Okay. Sum up attacked. Exactly. Before we get into the case, because we haven't wasted enough time yet, um, don't forget about the Patreon. If you want more of your time wasted, head over there. <laughs> well, your time will be wasted in a good way, but also not wasted if you feel like ads are a waste. I don't know. That's true. Do you know what I mean? That's true. Yeah. So here's the cool thing about the Patreon. Other than you get three episodes a week, we have Snapped on hold for now. And our apologies. I know. I know. It's been fun, but we just had to do it. We had to. It's just, you know, you want to talk about wasting time. No, I'm kidding. But <laughs> um, yeah, we just had to because we want to make sure that we're doing what we can here first. But you could get three episodes a week, okay? Mm-hmm. First off. Mm-hmm. Second off, no ads, not one in there. Even at the lowest level, $3 a month, that's one Dunkin' you got to give up. That's three hash browns at McDonald's. God, those are good hash browns. They're though. good hash browns. Yeah. But that's all you got to do. Just exactly. Three, just three hash browns. Not a Starbucks from my experience. It's two star. No, that's no. one half of a Starbucks. Yeah, I was going to say. Not two. Lord, that would. I'd leave my husband for that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, all right. So don't math me. But um, again, the wasting of the time. But still. here we are. Here we are. Yeah. So um, yeah, no ads. No ads at all over there. And you know what I was thinking about ads? What? All right. So Tori last week convinced me not to put up a thing, include kind of a rant I went on about a bad review that we got on ads. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I thought I was being nice, but I realized that sometimes I think I'm being gentle and I'm actually kind of being a bitch when I say stuff. Yeah. And when I listened back to it, I was like, I'm kind of a bitch. I I felt you were coming in hot about it. There was was. a lot of passion behind it and I get it. Yeah. I was, I was upset, but I was your gym. I was just Jiminy cricketing you. You were. And when I listened back to it, I thought, you know what? She's right. This is too hot. So here's what I was thinking about ads though. So we, we have gotten some reviews that people don't like the ads and I get it. You know, they take up some time. I don't like commercials, not one little bit. Mm -mm. Yeah. And my kids, forget about it. If they have to sit through an ad, they're like, where is Netflix? Why am I watching this commercial? Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, gather around kids. Commercials were a thing. But I was thinking like ads pay for the show so that you don't have to. Think about it that way. There you go. You know? Yeah. Because it's like, otherwise we'd have to stop doing the show. To be completely honest, otherwise we couldn't put the time into it because otherwise we'd have to have other jobs and we'd have to do that job more than this job. But also it's like, not everybody can give to listen to a show that they like. Totally get it. Like no big deal. We don't expect everybody to. If everybody did or could, we wouldn't even need ads. And that's the thing. But since we do, if you have shows that you listen to, and there's tons of podcasts out there, if any of them that you listen to and you don't pay for them, when you hear the ad on their show, say, thank you. Raycons. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Gabby. Thank you, Homer. You paid for this, so I don't have to. Exactly. And contrary-wise, if it still bothers you so badly, again, a couple hash browns. Exactly. That's all you got to give up. Yeah. You have, have, there are choices. There are choices. There are options. There's lots out there. And, you know, we just also want to say that we, like, super-duper appreciate, like, we appreciate everybody that listens, but the people that 
do support financially. Yeah, do support. I mean, that's huge. I know that it's hard. There's so much going on right now. And there's a lot of stuff that, you know, a lot of people have had to cut out. And to continue to support this so that we still have jobs is amazing. Like, just thank you. Guys. It is surreal. And I've said it once. I'll say mm-hmm. it all day long and I'm not going to stop. I continue to pinch Torella to make sure that I'm not dreaming. I know. And even if you're not supporting us financially, if you're listening on this feed, support. That's still support because our numbers depend on whether or not we get paid for ads, basically. So mm-hmm. again, all of it support. So just thank you guys. Yes. We love you. Okay. No more wasting time. On to Madeline McCann. We've done enough. What a... Can I tell you how many times I cried just researching this and watching and listening and... I just, it hit me. I've listened to this case quite a few times by many different podcasts. I've watched some stuff on it. I've read a lot about it over the years. I have never connected with it as much as I have this time. I guess I've just taken a deeper dive into it. Holy shit. Here we go. On May 3rd, 2007, Kate and Jerry McCann put their three children down for bed. Two-year-old twins, Sean and Amelie, and three-year-old Madeline. The McCanns were on vacation from their home in Rothley, Leicester in England and spending the week in Praia de Luz in the country of Portugal. I love all of these names. I know, with several family friends. Kate and Jerry left their three children in apartment 5A of the Ocean Club Resort where the family was staying and headed to the resort restaurant, which is the tapas restaurant, to meet their friends for dinner at about 8.30 p.m. The restaurant was approximately 50 meters, which varies slightly in reports as the crow flies versus walking, got to go around stuff. So it's about 50 meters away from the apartment where their children were sleeping. Which for U.S. listeners is about 55 yards. Right, which means nothing to me. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah. Thank the good Lord for all of the men that I've been with. I don't know how to measure. I know. I don't either. At all. All of the men. Like I know that 100 yards is a football field. But but that still means nothing to me. If somebody said run the length of a football field, I'm out. I know, but do you remember when we covered Darley, Routier, oh, Routier, God. whatever? Don't get I know, me I know, I know, I know. But they talked about, you know, when she ran, like they said that she ran and dropped that bloody sock or whatever. Yes, yes, and I yes, was yes, like, yes, yes. what? There's no way she did that. And so I Googled, like, how fast could you run? I feel like it was 100 yards. And I was like, that's a football field. That would take her hours to get there and back, you know, like, exactly. not really, but. Um, <laughs> So I Googled it and it was like 15 seconds or something crazy. And I was like, again, this is all, I mean, this was a long time ago. I'm just throwing numbers out of my head. Don't come for me. But what I'm saying is it actually doesn't take near as long to run a football field as I thought it was. And I was like, well, but who are we talking about running? Me. Well, that's true. How much time does it take to stop and throw up? That's what I want to know. That's going to slow your time down. That's going to slow your time Mm -hmm. down. Yeah. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. 
From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Okay, so we're back to Praia Deleuze. Praia de... Yeah. De- Deluge. 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 Toulouse? <laughs> okay. Praia Deluge. No, God, I'm getting confused now. Okay, try it, Delube. <laughs> Throughout the next hour and a half, the McCanns and their friends dined and took turns checking on each other's children. I have more to say about that later. <laughs> At approximately 10 p.m., Kate returned to the apartment 5A to find Madeline gone. 13 years later, Madeline has never been found, and the slew of questions regarding her disappearance have only become more complicated. Was the young girl abducted by a stranger and thrust into the world of human trafficking? Do her mother and father know more than they've told investigators? Or was Madeline a victim of opportunity for a burglar or pedophile? Madeline Beth McCann, known as Minnie to Maddie, was born on May 12, 2003 in Leicester, England to Kate and Jerry McCann. The couple tried for several years to get pregnant and eventually tried IVF, which resulted in Kate's pregnancy with Madeline. Both Kate and Jerry are physicians, with Kate being a general practitioner and Jerry being a cardiologist consultant. The couple met in Glasgow in 1993 and married five years later. Kate eventually quit her position to spend her time working for children's charities. Jerry is now known as Professor McCann and is a well-known cardiologist and professor of cardiac imagery. Close friends describe the couple as inseparable. It's amazing that they're still together. I think that's a testament to the love that they have because so many couples, when faced with a tragedy like this, don't make it. A hundred percent. Yeah, the weight of the tragedy is too much for a relationship to withstand. Yeah, I, it's this case reminds me very, very much of Who Killed Little Gregory. Mm-hmm. It does. Just the media, that onslaught, attacking the parents. Yes, attacking the parents. Yeah, them 
having everybody turn against him, just the whole thing. On the official Find Madeline website, Madeline is described as a happy and outgoing little girl. She loved dolls, dresses, and anything pink and sparkly. She had endless amounts of energy and loved to run and swim. She was a bright girl who was a wonderful big sister to her younger siblings, Sean and Amelie. At the time of her disappearance, Madeline had blonde hair with blue-green eyes. Most noticeably, she had a distinctive dark strip on the iris of her right eye. That kind of reminds me of... (laughs) Of Golden Girls, because there's, I know I'm obsessed with Golden Girls right now. I go back and forth between watching Only Friends and Only Golden Girls, and right now I'm on a Golden Girls kick. Can't stop it. There's one episode for Blanche. They're all fighting for this one actor, something Vaughn. I can't remember his, Patrick Vaughn. And Blanche like throws herself in his lap, and she's like, um, she's telling him that even she has imperfections, and she's like, look in my right eye. Do you notice anything? And he's like, well, no except for a little crust in the corner. And she's like, no, there's a slight imperfection in the iris of my right eye. (laughs) Oh, Blanche. I fucking love Blanche. I know, she's so funny. Okay, so we said that the case begins on May 3rd, 2007, but what were the events leading up to Madeline's disappearance? So what we've done via Madison, your girl, thanks is compiled witness statements as well as Jerry and Kate's police statements to establish some context around the trip and the schedules that the families followed. The group of travelers arrived at the Ocean Club Resort on Saturday, April 28th. It was the McCann's first trip to Portugal. Praia de Luz, meaning Beach of Light, is a small town in the Algarve region of Portugal. I Every time I think of like Portugal or Portuguese, I think of... Love Actually. Oh, yes. Where he's like, I can speak that or whatever. And she says something and she's like, I think that's, what is that, Turkish? Like he's yeah. just like combining like nine different languages. Yes, because he does not know Portuguese. No. And he's like, so I wanted to uh, check. <laughs> I love, I love it. it. Um, It's almost Love Actually time. I know, I can't wait. I part of the way feel like all year long is Love Actually time. Oh, sure, sure. Because our Nana one time when I was over at her house when she was still alive, I put on Mickey's Christmas Carol like in July and she walked in and I was like, I know it's not Christmas, but I like it. And she was like, honey, you can watch that anytime. I love to watch it all year long. Nana. I know. Precious. Also, I want to decorate for, I know this is a hot topic. I want to decorate for Christmas before Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, I think you should. Because I feel like when you watch Love Actually, it's like five weeks to Christmas. They have a, I think, isn't there a six weeks to Christmas too? Well, that's before Thanksgiving. It's it's way before. It's two weeks before Thanksgiving. Yeah, so like we don't have, if you wait till Thanksgiving, you don't have the full Christmas season. And you really need to get those decorations up to really fully enjoy them. Otherwise, I feel like you put them up and then you immediately just take them right back down. And it is so much work. It's a ton of work. Yeah. So I'm doing it. I fully support that. Doing it. Okay, sorry. We're back to Pride Deluge now, again. It was once primarily a city that profited from its significant fishing industry. However, it grew quickly into a tourist and resort area. Praia Deluge was particularly popular with British tourists due to how family-friendly it was. Journalists, tourists, and residents have said often how safe the city had always been. Isn't that the thing? It's like, but it was so safe here. We didn't even lock our doors. But I feel like that's begging for somebody to prey on that because once you start being like, oh, it'll never happen here. Okay, I just watched Dennis the Menace. Oh, that's what I was thinking of. They did not see Christopher Lloyd and his nasty ass hair coming. No, they did not. And here's the thing. We're talking about a place that is so family friendly and is 
fucked up as it sounds, that is like a moth to a flame for somebody who is looking for a young child to take. Mm -hmm. It's awful. Like, why are people the way they are? It's horrible. I know. In the summertime, the amount of people in the area can triple from the amount of people vacationing in the city. Though it wasn't known for violent crimes, the Algarve had a significant amount of drug trafficking due to its coast and close proximity to the Atlantic Ocean. I mean, it's kind of a fucking perfect storm. I was going to say, it's like the Mecca for terrible shit to happen. Yeah. And well, and the thing about, you know, Portugal, a lot of European places is you can be in a different country in a moment. In an hour. Or, yeah, yeah. Like it's, you can, you could just be off the radar. And well, those countries are so small. It's exactly like on Arthur where he's like, they just recently had the country carpeted. That's how small it is. <laughs> Arthur. The McCanns reported that they spent their days at the resort following a very similar routine. The family would wake up and eat breakfast in their apartment at around 9 or 9.30 a.m. The three children would be dropped off at the resort's kids club. The kids club was a child care facility that was on site at the Ocean Club Resort. The children would be supervised by several adults while they participated in different activities like art, swimming, and sports, which I'm sure they loved. Oh, and then, yeah. And then the parents can have adult time. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's a win-win for everybody, and it makes sense in theory. Yes. Yeah, it is. Due to Madeline being a different age from her younger siblings, they were in different groups. Another tourist who was staying at the Ocean Club remembered that his daughter, Jessica, who looked very similar to Madeline, spent time with her at the kids' club. Jessica said that when they went out sailing one day, her straw hat fell into the water. Madeline was quick to jump in the water and help her friend out. That's really sweet. She was just three. Isn't that so sweet? Yes. At around 12.30 p.m., the children were picked up from the kids' club by one or both of their parents and then brought back to the apartment for lunch or to one of the on-resort restaurants. After lunch, the family would go to the pool at the resort for about 45 minutes to an hour and spend time swimming and enjoying the sun. Kate and Jerry would then take the children back to the kids' club where they would stay until dinner time. After dinner... The children would turn to the apartment for bath, playtime, a few bedtime stories, and then bedtime. Some days, the family would venture to surrounding beaches. Both Kate and Jerry said that they noticed nothing or no one out of the ordinary throughout their stay. For the last four nights prior to Madeline's disappearance, Kate and Jerry would put the three children to bed and leave the apartment to enjoy dinner and drinks with their friends at the Tapas restaurant, approximately 50 meters from their apartment. Their friends also left their children in each of their apartments, and the adults had developed a system where an adult would go check on all of the children every so often. A waiter at the restaurant said that the group's routine was quote-unquote set in stone, and it seemed as though it wouldn't be difficult for someone watching to realize this. I have feelings about this. They also said that they left the doors unlocked so that the other parents could come and check on the kids. But... When one of them would go check, what it seemed like was that they would check on their own children, and then some of them would just kind of do a a flyby, kind of. Like, I walked past the apartment, everything looked fine. I opened the door, stuck my head in and listened, didn't hear anything, figured they were fine. Like, a lot of times we're not getting eyes on the kids. I feel like just because of maybe the way that we were brought up, we were brought up that we could not be by ourselves, even in a time, because this is different. Mm-hmm. In the 90s, 
it was not uncommon for these latchkey kids. Like you were two, yeah. not two. You were four, five, six years old, something like that. Young, young, young. And just be like, okay, well, it'll be 15 minutes. I'll be back or whatever. We did not grow up like that. No. We always had somebody with us. And it wasn't until we were much older that we could like get off the school yeah. bus and wait like 20 minutes until dad got home or and whatever. And we lived way the fuck out in the country. Yeah, like at that time, there was nobody else around us. No. Like, and we had good neighbors that would have probably yeah. watched us or whatever. But yeah, Miss KB was always there. I do feel like the ages of these children, specifically Madeline's family, like the McCann's, that's awful young to be leaving your kids unattended and just checking on them every, what, 15 minutes or something? Yeah. Yeah. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. I will, if we're here and it's like the summer or whatever and we're having a cookout, I put the boys to bed. I'll sit out on the back patio. Um, That's a little different. That's not 50 meters away. Right. And even that makes me a little bit nervous if, because our monitor sucks. Well, yeah, I was going to say, but you also have a monitor, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that at this time, you, it wasn't like you could FaceTime. Cause like what Andrew and I have done a couple of times is like when we've gone to like weddings out of town or whatever, we did this once when Ben was, I don't know, a year and a half old or something like that. I went up and put him to bed. The reception was in in the lobby of that hotel and we were on the second floor, I think. So what we did was we set up the iPad on FaceTime facing Ben and his little crib thing and he was asleep. And I, and of course the door is locked for Jesus, you know, but like I can see him. And so I have FaceTime on my phone and it's his, the iPad's muted so he can't hear us or I'm muted, whatever. He can't hear us, but I can hear him. And so I could watch him. And I stayed down there about 20 minutes and I just got too fucking nervous. And I was like, what if the elevator jams? What if the stairs are blocked? Or, you know, like, what if a fire breaks out? Yeah, I just started getting really worried and I went up there. But that's really the only thing that we've done like that. And and again, I get that that wasn't an option then. And I understand that. I, I think they felt a false sense of security you know, because they did feel like they were in such a safe area. Mm-hmm. I'm certainly not going to crucify them for the decision that they made. They certainly didn't foresee something like this happening or they absolutely wouldn't have done it. And nobody deserves to have anything like this happen. And I'm not trying to say, I'm not trying to comfort them in any way. Right. I'm just saying it's not a decision I would have been comfortable with. Even and if they're sleeping, you never know. Unfortunately, they had to learn this. Yeah this way. Yeah. And that's tragic. It is. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. 
Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. But what I, I think what really kind of chapped my ass the most about it is that the door was unlocked. That's the thing. I mean, I think everything would have been completely different. That would have been game changer if you just locked the doors. Yeah. Because it's not even like, okay, we brought up Dennis the Menace and they're like, there's no robbers in this town and they don't lock the doors and whatever because they live there and they feel safe there. You're in a completely different country. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In a place that you are familiar with because you vacation there, but not that much, you know? Yeah. Well, this is their first time going there. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I know that inhibitions are lowered when you have, when you're in a group with a lot of people and you also have been having drinks. You're yeah. like, everything is fine. Who yeah. cares? Everything's great. Again, I go back to the door being unlocked and the age of the children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because how often does a little kid like that wake up even just a nightmare, especially they're in a place they don't know. If they wake up and forget that's where they are, they're going to be screaming scared. Okay. Again, I'm going to, it's anecdote Tuesday. I... Dad, one time, you were mm -hmm. at school. I was teeny. This is the first memory that I have of all times. This is the first thing that I can remember remembering. Probably three, maybe four. And dad was like, hey, baby, I'm going to go outside real quick. I'm going to go in the garage because in our garage, it's a um, it's a freestanding building that's not connected, but there's a, an attic in there. So dad was like, I'm going to go in the attic in the garage. I'll be right back. And I was like, got it. Cool. No big deal. You totally told me where I was or where you are. And then 20 seconds later, I'm like, oh shit, where's dad? <laughs> oh my God, where's dad? And I go outside and I can't find him. I'm screaming for him. And I like fall to my knees because I'm like, he left me. Oh my God, he left me. And I'm crying my eyes out. And dad comes out and he's like, baby, what is wrong with I told you where I was going to be. I would never leave you. And I was like, see, I forgot about that. <laughs> oh, you did. You know what? Now that you mention it, you did tell me you were just yep. going to be right over there. Totally forgot yeah. this, min this emotional breakdown. Not necessary. Exactly. But yeah, but little kids, it's so easy for a number of things to happen. Especially if you are like me, where you think that everyone's going to leave you all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, that's a that's a you problem, okay? Okay, <laughs> I'm working on it. 
Yeah, it's just, I don't know. It's a lot. I just, mm-hmm. I wish, I just wish the door hadn't, I don't know. I just wish this never happened. But, well, yeah, yeah, 100%. Again, it not sucks. coming for the parents. It's no, it's, it's not their fault. It's just tragic. So let's get to the day of Madeline's disappearance. As with any case, there will be varying reports by different witnesses. We'll do our best to let you know when there are conflicting reports or timelines. On Thursday, May 3rd, the McCann's day began just like any other vacation day had at that point. They awoke, had breakfast in their apartment, dropped the kids off at the kids club around 10 a.m., and Kate and Jerry went for a walk. This is why they have a good marriage. They spend time together. Mm-hmm. And they do things that are not like, okay, we're going to spend time together. I'm going to go golfing while you just watch me. <laughs> I'm going to go golfing while you watch the kids. Yeah. That's a great day spent bond. together. <laughs> yeah, exactly. During breakfast, the couple recalled Madeline asking them why they didn't come to her and Sean when they were crying last night. Kate and Jerry both said they didn't recall hearing either child crying. I don't know if that meant in the middle of the night. Or while they were out to dinner. Or while they were out to dinner. Because that was one of the things that the detective said later, that the kids had been crying for them the night before. And so that's why maybe did they do something to make sure they didn't wake up this time so that they didn't have to come back. But I don't know. The two returned to pick up the children around 12.30 p.m. and brought them back to their apartment for lunch before they headed to the resort pool. This is where the last photo of Madeline was taken. She was sitting on the edge of the pool beside her younger sister and father. Madeline was wearing white shorts, a pink top, and a white bucket hat. She has a small braid in her hair, and she is grinning from ear to ear. Last known photos are literally the saddest thing I've ever put my eyes on. Like, yeah. It is, it's, it is so sad. And she literally looks so happy. And so cute. I know. Ugh. So cute. The time on the photo reads 2.29 p.m., but the McCanns advised that the clock on the camera was one hour ahead, so it was actually taken at 1.29. I'm sure time change from traveling. At 3 p.m., the children are taken back to the kids' club. At about 5.20, after a jog, Kate met Jerry and the children at the Tapas restaurant where the children were eating dinner. This is also why they have a great marriage because Kate is, she keeps it tight, stays in shape. (laughs) Yeah. Here's one thing that confuses me a little bit though. Hmm. They are going to the restaurant for the kids to eat dinner at like five something. Then they go back. And then, but they don't eat anything. And then they go do bedtime, they do playtime after dinner, they do bedtime, then they come back and then they have their dinners at 8.30. Like, why? If you're gonna go there, just fucking have dinner at six o'clock and then like... Why can't you room service like drinks to your room? Yeah, and then have drinks on the patio or something. I just don't get why it has to be at the restaurant every time when you're already going there a separate time and eating completely separately from your kids. I don't know. Maybe we're just lazy, but we just eat when the kids eat because I don't want to fuck with it. <laughs> like, Because by the time the kids go to bed, I'm exhausted. I don't know how they have the energy, honestly. I honestly don't either, especially with the full day like they've had. Oh my God, yeah. Like going to the beach, going swimming. Uh-uh. After dinner, I'm out. I am not, when I'm on vacation though, I'm very leisurely. I'm like, I don't want to have plans to do this, 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 and this. I'm like, we decide the day of, if I want to just lay around on the by the pool all day, that's what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. If I want to go to dinner, like, because going to dinner to me is a big yeah. deal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you got to do the whole get ready and like, all, yeah, it's a lot of stuff. And you've been in the sun all day? Like, I don't know. Yeah. Exhausting. 
So Kate recalled asking Madeline if she was sad that the rest of the kids club children went to the beach without her that day. And Madeline said no, that she was just really tired. And she even asked Kate to carry her back to the apartment. So she's tired. Mm -hmm. She needs somebody to hold her. I know. At 5.40, Kate and Jerry took them back to the apartment. And then Jerry headed to his hour-long tennis game. At 6.30, Jerry asked one of his traveling companions, David Payne, to check on Kate at the apartment to see if she needed any help getting the children to the small recreation area where they were planning to meet the other children for a short playtime before bed. I think this is another reason they have good marriage. He's He's checking in on her. He's trying to get her help. Mm -hmm. Hey, I know it's a lot of work to get three kids to playtime. That'll take you seven hours, just that. Mm -hmm. But, you know, good for them. (laughs) Kate said that they decided against going to play just because Madeline was so tired. Like, she was she was done for the day. She was exhausted. Yeah, she had a big day. And I don't know if the Ocean Club, like, the kids thing would have, like, a, a place for something. them to nap. Like, I, you would think the younger kids would have to because a two-year-old, I mean, three-year-olds need to nap, too. But I just don't know if they're... Uh, it's just a big day. Excuse me. Have you ever asked a three-year-old if they need a nap? They do not need a nap. Thank you very much. Yeah. One time, Ben told me he needed a nap. It was after his first gymnastics. And we got in the car and he said, I am so sleepy. I need a nap. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> they wore him out. That's <laughs> like good, he asked for a nap. A good activity. I know. I was like, we are scheduling this for the next year. At 7 o'clock, Jerry returned to the apartment and helped Kate put the children to bed. The children had been sleeping in one bedroom. So this room had two twin beds, one by a window, one by the door when you walk in. So when you open the door to the left is where that first bed is. That's where Madeline slept, close to the wall, the door. Then they had two pack and plays in the middle. And that's where the the younger ones slept, Sean and Amelie. The littles. Yeah. So... Kate knew that Madeline sometimes woke up and got out of bed, but she said it never happened until like 2 or 3 a.m. And she also remembered that she and Jerry made sure to secure all of their medications out of the children's reach. So I feel like, I don't feel like Kate and Jerry were bad parents at all. And I could never say that. No. I don't want anything that we've said to make it seem like I'm saying that they're not good parents because that's not true. They're doing everything. They're taking all the precautions that they can think of to be like, okay, we're, we're doing everything that we can here. Yeah. Unfortunately, it happened anyway. Yeah, and they're thinking every 30 minutes, somebody is going to be checking in on them. It's just... In the blink of an eye. Yes. Something like this can happen. Yeah. It's it's just that thing that you never think of. And I think that we have the benefit of hindsight. I think in this situation, people like us have the benefit of pre-traumatic stress disorder. Hmm. Like, I am planning out worst-case scenarios all the time. Like, I think with children, I do the same thing. With my own self, I don't. Mm-hmm. But with children, I'm like, oh, no, 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 Tori, you cannot. Tori uh, texted me the other night and said, make sure you put the boys in coats tomorrow morning. It's going to be 30. <laughs> like, it's going to be in the 30s. Like, well, I care about those boys. I and know. I know that you don't watch the news. No, I don't. It's, I hate that fucking show. I don't. <laughs> but like, yeah, she just, it, you know, you just do, you kind of think of, you know, all these different things. Or like, you know, they're doing something and normally you'd be like, okay, that's fine. And your kid is doing it and you're like, you're going to bust your head open that way. You're going to fall and do this. You're going to, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. and the kids are like, oh, you're so boring. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but I can think of all the ways that you're going to bust your head open. Like, it's just, I don't know how it is. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. 
Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, Did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Afterwards, the couple showered and shared a bottle of wine before leaving around 8.35 and heading to the Tapas restaurant, just 50 meters away from their apartment. They were the first of their group to arrive at the restaurant that night. At 8.55 p.m., appetizers were ordered, and Matt Oldfield, another travel companion, went to check on his own children and hurry along another couple. So this is, at this point, 20 minutes after they've left. They've left. Yeah. So Matt Oldfield does not go and check on anybody else's children. He just checks on his own, and then it's like, hey, guys, come on. Let's get to the restaurant. Yeah, because there's, yeah, there's another couple, I guess, that hadn't made it there. And that's what I... What I've gathered from, like, like we don't put as much weight into that Netflix series just because, like, the family didn't participate. None of the people that traveled there participated. It seemed very skewed toward the McCann's having involvement. And I feel like with that documentary or that series, it was way too drawn out for the little information that they had. Yeah, yeah. And it, it really, it seemed like, from their point of view, that each person checked on only their own children and nobody else's. But from from statements from them, they did seem to check on other kids. But I think it was, I don't think that that was the, the dialed-in system they had. I think dialed-in in their minds, now like you said, they're drinking and all this stuff, they're 
in their minds, the system is every 30 minutes, every child is getting checked on. I don't know that that was the actual case though. Well, yeah. Because if you already have that box checked where you're like, everybody's safe, Mm -hmm. you're not going to be thorough about checking these children. Yeah, because it did seem, you know, like we said, it seemed like some of them, um, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was Matt Oldfield. He said he checked on them at one point, but he just opened the door and then he just didn't hear any noise and then he left. So, Well, and I can kind of understand that too, because if you have three children sleeping, you don't want to make noise to wake them up. Right, yeah. And... But that's still not eyes on the kids. No, I now, agree. Yeah. And so, and you're not going to think that that somebody is going to come in and take one kid and not the other ones either. That is, yes, that is also a point that I wanted to bring Yeah, up. you'd think that somebody would, or that the other kids would wake up. And that's another point that we're going to talk about later. So there's there's just a lot of stuff. But I think in their minds, this was a dialed in system. Every child was having eyes on them. And I'm not doing this to be mean to dudes, but I would venture to say that the women laid eyes on every child and the men did not. Okay, I just saw the a video yesterday where it was like proof that men don't check on their children. And it's a silly, it, this is, it's different, but it it's an example. There's a man walking, I think it's at Target. He's walking and he's pushing the cart to the side. So he's got his hand, like his left hand on it. And he's like to the side of the cart. And his daughter is walking behind the cart. She's tiny. Well, then she ends up, she gets on her knees and is holding to the bottom of it. And then she ends up just being dragged through Target because I guess she gave up on walking. I don't know. So she's just on her belly, just being dragged. And it was like proof that men don't check on their children or don't look at their kids because he's just walking still. Like she's, she's doing what she's supposed to do. Yeah. And it's pretty adorable and cute. But yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds about right. I mean, my freaking husband took my kid with him to the chiropractor the other day. And once he was there. Yeah, once he's there, he texts me and he's like, Ben never put his shoes on today. I'm like, what do you mean Ben didn't put his shoes on? He's four. Like, I mean, you didn't put his shoes on. Yeah. He's like, well, I told him to put his shoes on before we left. I just figured he did it. I'm like, so you have him out in public and he has no shoes on. Just socks. That's putting a lot of faith into a four-year-old. Exactly. Like, But he obviously did not look at him. (laughs) Like, you didn't see him walk out in the driveway in just socks? I was like, wait, is is that part of... The job? Yeah. One time he took him to the grocery store with him a long time ago. Oh, and he came back with one shoe. He came back with one shoe on the kid. I'm like, where's the other shoe? He's like, does he not have both of them? I'm like, <laughs> are you serious? That shoe was just gone. We've never seen it again. I love it. <sighs> okay. So Matt Oldfield, 855. He goes to check on his kids. He tells the other couple, get your ass in gear. We've got appetizers ordered. The apps aren't going to eat themselves. going to say that mozzarella sticks are not going to eat themselves. Exactly. At 9.05, Jerry returned to his apartment to check on his children. Reports differ, as does Jerry's police statement. In his first statement, on the day following Madeline's disappearance, Jerry said that he entered the apartment through the front door using a key. However, in his second statement a week later, he said that he used the sliding back patio door, which had been left unlocked. And... This is kind of where it seems like everybody left the patio doors unlocked, the back doors, but they left the front doors locked. I don't know. Whichever way he entered the apartment, he saw that the door to the children's bedroom was open slightly more than he remembered, but he found all three children were fast asleep. On his walk back to the restaurant, Jerry ran into another tourist that he knew, Jeremy Wilkins. He talked to him for a few minutes on the small road leading down from the apartment. At this time, another traveling companion of the McCanns, Jane Tanner, walked up the small road unnoticed by Jerry and Jeremy Wilkins, heading to check on her own child. 
Tanner saw a man walking across the top of the road carrying a small child wearing pajamas. While she noticed the man, she didn't think much of it because a lot of parents would pick up their kids from the nighttime kids club around that time. Both Tanner and Jerry returned to the tapas restaurant. At 9.30, Kate got up from the table to check on the children, but Matt Oldfield offered to check on them while he was looking in on his own. Oldfield entered apartment 5A and noticed that the children's bedroom door was open. He could see that the twins were both in their cots, but he did not visualize Madeline from the angle where he stood. He checked on his own children and then returned back to the restaurant. And I do have to say, it's pretty amazing that as many, as much drinking is probably going on, that all of them were lucid enough to be like, let me go check, because they're very like regimented every 30 minutes. Yeah, for sure. At 10 p.m., Kate walked to the apartment to check on her children. When she entered, she noticed that the children's bedroom door was completely open. So she comes in and like, there's just a lot of light coming in from that room and that's not how it should be. And then she could feel a breeze and she noticed that the the window was open and the curtains were open and she knew for sure she had shut those before. She sees the two younger ones in the pack and plays. They're okay, but she doesn't see Madeline. And so she is frantically running around the apartment looking for her and she's not there. But her, what they call her cuddle cat toy, um, I guess it's just a little... Like lovey kind of thing? Yeah, like a lovey kind of thing that she slept with every night. And I think she had a blankie too that she slept with, that she carried with her everywhere. Those were still in the bed. And that's... Unlike Madeline to leave those, right? Yeah, my kids never had those kind of things. I mean, Ben had his Dinos, but still, but um, I have some other friends whose kids have like their blankie they've got to have with them everywhere. And I am talking, they don't walk anywhere in their house without that blanket behind them or that thing in their hand, you know, like. We have a cousin who had a little, (gasps) a little Cabbage Patch Kid doll and her name was Lakey. And Mm -hmm. she carried Lakey everywhere she went and was very upset when her older brother drew a little tiny Hitler mustache (laughs) on Lakey. In permanent marker, and that shit never came off. No, it didn't. Poor Lakey. John was such a douche. That was so mean. That was rude, yes. That was so mean. But she also had, or was it her or was it John that had the blanket? John. Oh, yeah. So it was like satin around the edges and then like, you know, a soft cotton blanket on the inside. But he carried that thing until all that was left was one piece of the side of the satin. And that was it. So, I mean, that's definitely like, if, if your child is that attached to something and it's still there, something's wrong. So she runs back to the tapas restaurant and she's yelling, Madeline's gone. They've taken her. My question, if I may, why was, why did whoever took Madeline, why did they use the window rather than the open door right next to the window? I mean, maybe you think maybe they just didn't check the door. Yeah, I don't know. Interesting approach. Yeah. Very soon after Kate discovered that Madeline was missing, staff, other tourists, and the residents around the Ocean Club Resort began searching the surrounding area for the little girl. Jerry went with a friend to the reception area of the resort to urge them to call the police again. It it seemed to have taken a while for them to call the police, and I don't know, it didn't seem to be a big rush initially. Several officers heard the radio traffic and diverted to the resort to assist in the search. So the first to arrive are the GNR, which is the National Republican Guard of Portugal. And they are in one of the 
things that we watched. Um, we'll link to everything. Um, I think that was maybe the 60 Minutes Australia. They liken them to essentially security guards. Like they said that they don't, th- these are not detectives. From what I understood, they didn't have weapons. It's they're just the first to arrive on the scene, kind of a first responder deal, I guess. They initially were like, you know, she's going to turn up. She probably wandered off and fell asleep under a bush. That was their thing. She fell asleep under a bush. And Kate was like, no, the fuck, she did not. She did not wander off and fall asleep. And also, if she did sleepwalk for whatever reason or get up and wander off or whatever, she would have had to close two gates properly behind her to do that, to get out of that area that she was in. And she's like, she's three. I don't think she could, she wouldn't have the presence of mind to do that if she's asleep. Like, Mm -hmm. I just don't think that that is what happened. They searched along the beach, the pool, the children's play area. They went through the whole resort At midnight, the head of the GNR alerted the PJ, which is a higher group of investigators in Portugal. They kind of liken them to the FBI. So this is where we meet Gonzalo Amaral, the chief investigator assigned to the case. So he sends out an inspector and investigator to the apartment. The apartment was a wreck at this point. There were people walking in and out of Madeline's bedroom, in and out of the McCann's apartment. Doors and cupboards were open. Belongings were thrown around. Like, just nothing had been preserved in any way, shape, or form. Regarding the initial approach to the disappearance in the scene, Amaral said, I won't say it was done badly, but inadequate. Oh, okay, Dan. It reminds me of the JonBenet Ramsey crime scene. Very much, yes. Yeah. Kate was insistent that Madeline had not wandered off. And at this point, police had concluded that this had become a criminal investigation. So they're finally kind of getting to the point. They're like, okay, she probably didn't just wander off. So maybe we need to do something more here. Again, how many cases have we talked about where the police are like, look, she probably just left and went somewhere and is just farting around underneath a bush somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What is that? You can't just say that. No. She's three. Yes. Like... She doesn't get to do that. Exactly. She's not allowed to do that. Mm -mm. (laughs) So, no. One of Amaral's first priorities was to speak to the others that had traveled with the McCanns. And from my understanding of all the, like, reports, timelines, and everything, this happened sometime on May the 4th. So, we're talking about late, like, late at night, you know, 10 p.m. on the 3rd that we realize she's missing. Sometime into the 4th. I don't know if this is morning, afternoon, whatever. It seemed a little while on before they started talking to everybody. Mm -hmm. The rest of the adults that traveled with the McCanns became known as the Tapas Seven. So we have Jane Tanner and Russell O'Brien, Matthew and Rachel Oldfield, David and Fiona Payne, and Fiona's mother, Diane Webster. So each of the couples had brought their children on vacation with them as well, and had also left them in their respective apartments during dinner that evening. When she was questioned, Jane tells the investigators of the man that she'd seen, you know, walking away, carrying a child. The child that she saw looked about Madeline's age, was wearing pink pajamas, just like Madeline was, and had blonde hair. And she's like, oh my God, did I see her being abducted? But the way that they talked about it in the Netflix series was like, that it was like, oh, you know what? I 
I actually, I saw, I don't know if this is important. Um, stop me if I'm overstepping my bounds here. Like, oh, I, I think I saw a man carrying a child that matches uh, Madeline's exact fucking description. So like, if you, and if you don't need to know, like, just tell me and I'll fuck off. Like, sorry. It just seemed like she wasn't like, hello, I have this information. So I don't know. The apartment was sealed off and forensics was sent in to investigate. So this is now the next day. They lifted fingerprints from the patio doors, the shutter and the window in the children's room. The only prints found on the window belonged to Kate. Contrary to her previous statement, upon police arrival, they found the shutters to the window in the children's room to be open only about a hand's width. Kate said it was wide open. So this is the first thing that Amaral is like keying into that this doesn't match the statement. He also said that Madeline's bed when they got there that night looked like nobody had even slept in it and that her blanket that she brought with her, that he said that she's, you know, they're telling me she sleeps with this thing every night. It was folded neatly at the top of the bed. And he he didn't think that she ever got in the bed that night initially, mm-hmm. just like off the bat. They didn't see any forced signs of entry or any signs of forced entry. And it kept saying that, like the detective kept saying that um, or whatever, I don't know what you would call him, um, Amaral. And but everybody kept saying that. And I'm like, but well, duh. If, yeah, because if the door and windows are not locked, that's then, not forced entry. That's just entry. Exactly. Then you don't need to force it. Like, that's what I kept saying. Like, yeah, because the door was unlocked. The window was open. Why would someone bust through the wall like the Kool-Aid man yeah. if the door and the window were open? Exactly. Like, come on. So, I mean, and yeah, you, you those are things you would typically look for. But if you've got an open window and an unlocked door, then you can kind of cross those things off your list. Like, unless the guy didn't bother to check and he busted the front door in, then you're not going to have that forced exactly. entry. There was no obvious evidence of a crime in the children's room, and the police saw nothing that pointed to a kidnapping. The McCanns are obviously frustrated. Not only was their daughter missing, but they felt as though things were moving very slowly, not to mention there's a language barrier between themselves and the investigators. Jerry called several family members in England who contacted every news outlet they can think of. Within nine and a half hours of Madeline having been found missing, her face was on national news. The McCanns were doing everything that they felt they could to help find their daughter. Journalists start showing up to Portugal. They want to cover the story. The public quickly became obsessed with the young girl who had seemingly vanished without a trace. I hate that. Like some of the you know people interviewed and you read it in every news story it, with anybody, when anybody goes missing. And they're like, you know, one minute she's here. And then she just seems to have vanished into thin air. I'm like, no, it was like 40 minutes in between the last time anybody laid eyes on her, maybe even more. And again, not blaming anybody, but what I'm saying is, no, she didn't just vanish. Something happened to her. There is a, a window of time that something happened in. Exactly. Like, she didn't vanish, so who took her? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just like, and well, they weren't sensationalizing the story. Yeah. That's what they have to do. Yeah. Amaral urged his team of the necessity to stick to protocol. Now, the protocol in Portugal is obviously different than it's going to be in some other places. He was very, seemed to be very, by the book in that way, like the McCanns were very upset that they didn't feel like they were getting any information from the investigators and they wanted to know what was going on. And it's just not how it works there. Like they, they by law cannot share information like that. 
So there's a lot of, again, like kind of that language barrier, the cultural barrier of, I'm not sure how it's supposed to work here. And um, I don't have time to explain to you how it's supposed to work because I'm investigating this. And it's just, they're butting heads almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And I can understand why. I mean, sure. All the way around, it's a high stress situation. Yeah, emotions are running high. They questioned neighbors and searched in houses around the resort. They looked through surrounding surveillance footage, but they found nothing. 24 hours had passed and absolutely no sign of Madeline had been found. Kate was pretty frustrated and told one of her friends, I have no faith in Portuguese police, please help. And she said, they're acting like they're just looking for a lost dog. Like she just felt like there was no urgency there. And I feel like watching the Netflix documentary on it, like it's, there's a lot in that with the Portuguese police or detectives, whatever you want to call them, being like, no, what we are doing here is great. And then it's it's kind of like this, pissing contest is not the right word, but you know what I mean? No, it's exactly a pissing contest because there's so much between once the British police get brought in, there is so much of this, no, it's mine, no, it's mine. And well, yeah, and they're just boasting about like, well, my way is better. No, my way is better. And it's exactly. like, you guys are missing the fucking point here. Exactly. We have the same goal. Yeah, the let's goal work together. Is, yeah. So on May 4th, Jerry and Kate made their first plea on national television for the return of their daughter. Words cannot describe the anguish and despair that we are feeling as the parents of our beautiful daughter, Madeline. We request that anyone who may have any information related to Madeline's disappearance, no matter how trivial, contact the Portuguese police and help us get her back safely. Please, if you have Madeline, let her come home to her mummy, daddy, brother and sister. As everyone can understand how distressing the current situation is, we ask that our privacy is respected to allow us to continue assisting the police in their investigation. Thank you. The McCanns vowed to remain in Praia de Luz until their daughter was found. Kate made a statement, said Madeline is a beautiful, bright, funny, and caring little girl. She is so special. Please, please do not hurt her. Please do not scare her. Oh, I'm going to cry. <laughs> Please tell us where to find her. We need our Madeline. Sean and Amelie need Madeline, and Madeline needs us. Please give us our little girl back. It's just so sad because it's like, if you don't know where your kid is, are they scared? Are they hungry? You know? Yeah. Obviously, they want you. Mm-hmm. It's just sad. It is very sad. But... We're going to get some more sightings, some more things happening in the investigation, and we'll go through many more theories in the second part. I'm sure many more tears as well. Oh my God, I know. I knew I was going to break down on this one. I know. It's just, oh, it gets me. But because of the way our schedule is working out, you will actually get this episode tomorrow, whether or not you're a patron. I know. Same week. You can get it right now if you're a patron, but you might have to wait 24 whole hours. I know. But if you want the second part right this very second, you can jump on over there. Otherwise, you'll get the second part just tomorrow. Yeah. So fun. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you on the next one. Bye. Bye. 
All right, you guys, before we wrap up today, we just want to do some shout outs to some of our lovely new patrons. Hey, girl, thanks to Claire G, Bobby C, Nikki K, Sam L, Jenny L, Madison W, Madison, Amanda E, Randy S, Katie C, Sandy G, Cassie, Shaylin K, Courtney, Deanna C, Allie, Nikki, Sabrina H, Jackie T, Julie M, April M, Chelsea L, Jennifer B, Jordan B, Jessica S, Lindsay J, Rachel B, Miriam A, Amy, Tori H, another Tori. I know. I wonder if you guys are hand twins. I hope so. <laughs> I've been looking for mine. I know. I, I've never found mine either. Sandra, Amy E, Veronica, Kate F, Rachel K, Erica H, Andrea A, Brittany R, and Nikki. Thank you guys so much. We love you. We love you. Bye. We'd love to hear your thoughts on this case. Connect with us on Instagram or Facebook to continue the conversation. Thanks for listening and we will meet you back here next week. Bye. The theme song for the show is created and composed by Stephen Toby. You can find more of Stephen's work on SoundCloud. Our logo was created by Sloan Williams of Sophisticated Crayon. You can find more of her work on Etsy. Visit us at killerqueenspodcast.com for merch and other info about the show. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to do we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify's the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash audioboom, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash audioboom now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash audioboom. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Let's talk about Medi-Cal. You have a choice, and Molina makes it easy. So let's talk about making your life easier 
about extra help to manage your health. Nobody knows Medi-Cal better than Molina. Visit meetmolinaca.com. Let's talk today. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. 